Drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It's everybody's favorite day of the week. It's Friday. It's been a long week, busy week, and I'm sure everybody loves a Friday and loves some Detroit Lions talk. So here on the Kool-Aid cast, what we give you twice a week, you can also find my other podcast, Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions. That drops on Thursdays, so you, you might have already missed it for this week. Go hit that subscribe button. Check that out. I'm your host, Eric Ogre, here on the Kool-Aid cast, serving up that Kool-Aid here on the show. And I'm very fortunate to have Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions. We chopped it up Wednesday and talked all things defense. He's been nice enough to come back here on a Friday. And we're going to just dive into this roster some more, talk about certain players, positions, lots of great stuff today. So, as I often say, Logan, how you doing here on a Friday? Oh, doing great. How about you? I am doing good, doing real good, and... Like I say, we are just days away. The Lions are going to be kicking off training camp before you know it here. So, like, I couldn't be more ready to go. And what I want to do today is, you know, we're about ready to get into camp. I know there's going to be a ton of stuff next time you come in talk about who got cut, who's looking good. Probably even be a a preseason game or so before you get you back on the show. But, like, right now I most want to do a recap of, like, rookies who they brought in who might be able to bounce back some of those topics and just sort of look at this roster as a whole and hopefully by the end of the show we'll sort of have a feel for what we got right now what we hope we have and then we'll know more once they really start playing football so what do you think about all that sounds good i mean nice little recap before the season really gets rolling and there'll be a plenty to talk about next time i'm on Exactly, man. So as we always do on this show, we serve up that Kool-Aid and we don't mess around. We don't talk about our days. We don't talk about the weather. We don't talk about anything else. We just say, let's talk some football. So Logan, I want to start with the rookies. And and everybody out there listening knows I just absolutely love the NFL draft. I'm always high on rookies. I love potential. The what ifs, the man, look at this, what this guy could be. Rather than everybody always telling me what happened two years ago, five years ago, ten, I don't care. I want to know what's going to happen in the future. So when we're looking at these rookies, 
I kind of bunched him on both sides of the ball. So we look at defense. We got McNeil, the big nasty nose tackle, but he's got some feet. He's got some pass rush. We got Levi, which here on the show, he's a.k.a. Big Denim. (laughs) We've got him rushing the passer from the outside with his nasty mentality. We've got Derek Barnes. Wearing number 55, playing linebacker. He can also rush the passer. He can also run sideline to sideline. <laughs> like, really excited about that kid. We got this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Iffy. <laughs> Iffy Melifonwu picked 100 overall. He's long. He can play corner. I think he can play some safety. He can cover you. He'll hit you. Um, so we got those guys on defense. Offense. Penne Sewell, big old nasty right tackle, um, probably number two prospect in the draft that we got at seven. I mean, people are just forgetting about how talented this guy is, how young he is, and what a nasty physical beast. You got St. Brown, the receiver that they had highlighted, took him in the fourth. And then you got Jermar Jefferson, the inciting, exciting, intriguing running back that Brad Holmes seemed to love who they took there in the seventh. So my question to you, what rookies – are you most excited about and why? You know, there quite a few, but I, I keep going back to Aline McNeil. Outside of the obvious, Penny Sewell, I also agree with you. I thought he was one of the best players in the entire draft. The Lions got it at seven, but Aline McNeil was also a guy I was probably a lot higher on most just because he's so unique with what he can do with how big he is, but yet how athletic he is. And he's great against the run. And he's also has the juice to get to the pass rusher and beat one-on-one. So uh, he's who I'm most looking forward to, probably due to the fact as well that Patricia's interior defensive lineman just really didn't do anything in the pass rush. They were just trying to control gaps and you know control gaps on their way to the quarterback type of thing, and it never really worked. And for the longest time, the Lions haven't had good interior pass rush. So McNeil is just something different. He's kind of the new age linebackers you just don't find players of his skill set that often I think um you know it's it's been said somewhere along the lines with either Holmes or Campbell everything is all meshed together now over this summer but uh, McNeil is just just a really intriguing prospect because there's not many guys at the nose tackle position that can also do what he does in terms of just athletic ability and you know me I'm an athletic uh, you know, all that stuff is always just <laughs> what I want to see when players are drafted. No doubt. Now on Wednesday, we I said like no gimmicks, no sounds. We just talk football. But I mean, this is Friday, <laughs> and Logan, you said you know Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell said this, said that about Aline McNeil, Derek Barnes, and company, right? Oh yeah. You know what else Dan Campbell said, Logan? You want to know? I think I know, but why don't you tell me? We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality. Logan, the Lions are taking hunks out of people this year, bro. We're taking kneecaps. And people want to make a joke like that's an old bit or like everybody goes back. You know why everybody goes back to that? Because it's the greatest thing of all time. That's why. <laughs> and now all they got to do is play football, and it's going to be even more legendary. So we, we got to fit that in on the show. Now, Logan, I, I like what you said. So you basically hit on McNeil and Barnes for the most part. Like, you like Penny Sewell. Before I move to my next one where I hype it up and then I throw it to you, I mean, 
I just want to know where you're at with St. Brown. I think he's getting a lot of love. I think one time you were on here, you hated on the guy. You kind of, oh, I don't know, he's not that great. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like this kid's going to get a ton of targets. He's no nonsense. He's already proven that he's just on point in these mini camps. I think that's just going to buzz. He's even going to grow more when this kid just comes out and he's ruthless here in training camp, making plays and coming out there and just working his tail off. Like, where are you at with St. Brown right now? Because I need to hear about the offensive side of the ball. Or you can talk about Jefferson, whoever you want. Well, I know, yeah, a couple months ago when we talked after the draft, I think you're a little bit upset with me just on uh, my Amon Ross St. Brown kind of outlook. And, you know, I think he's a fine player. And I think you, I thought he was a fourth-round type of player, and that's where they took him. And there's plenty of draft analysts out there who thought differently. And that's great. I hope he turns into a round two type of player. But I do think there was a reason he was there in the fourth round. And it's just mostly due because I don't necessarily think he has any traits that are like true calling cards or like big difference makers. He's kind of a pro-ready type of player. Uh, He does a lot of things well, but nothing spectacular. Um, Not great size, not necessarily great speed or anything like that. But he's consistent catching the football. I just think he's a well-rounded player who's going to be put in a position to rack up a lot of targets, or at least he should this year. And he probably will produce. Um, and it might fool people to be thinking like, Oh, wait till year two. And, you know, he's going to take the next step. I just, I almost think where he's at right now, he, he might be capped off a little bit um, where he comes in the league and does really well, but I don't know if there's a ton of room for growth because he's already that pro ready type of player. So um, I like him. I think he's will be a good slot option, but I, again, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean I think that he's going to be a superstar or anything like that. I think he's going to have inflated stats this year due to the volume. And he's, that's just the player he's going to be probably for a good portion of his career. And obviously I hope I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I see with him. And that's why I think he was a fourth round pick. Logan, it kind of sounds like a little bit of ho-hum. I mean, maybe like an um type answer from you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It sounds like that kind of take. I mean, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, Logan. I don't know if you've heard of the title of the show. Drink it in. <laughs> like, I, I know it was like number... 186 on the Logan Lamoran deer board, but I'm here to tell you, like, 16. We, we, we can't have all pros. We can't have guys that are just elite athletes all the time. This kid slotted in right where they took him. That means it's got, it's pretty good value for Brad Holmes. And, and this is one thing that St. Brown's going to do more than expected, which is going to get people hype about him. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Thank you, Dan Miller. I think it's going to be a lot of TDs more than expected. I think this kid doesn't need to jump higher than everyone, run faster. I think he's just going to be very hard to deal with underneath. I think he's going to make those contested catches. And I think he's going to slip behind people all day. So I know the Logan Lamoran deer board had all these other wide receivers that you wanted. But Brad Holmes said get off my back about receivers. I'm going to wait it out and I'm going to get a really nice value in the fourth round. That's going to come in here. And my prediction is depending on how Tyrell plays or what Cephas does this year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions focus the most on St. Brown, bringing him along, getting him the football and, you know, have him as their most impressive receiver when it's all said and done. And then obviously they will continue to add to that position either with high draft resources or whatever it may be. But 
I think this is the kid we're going to be talking about when the season's over uh, out wide. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. He, he's going to have his opportunities. And that's – I I'm not – trying to you know diss the guy too much but um because i do think he's a fine player and where they took him those are great yeah it was perfect value i like where they took him but at the end of the season if he's the starting slot guy he should be getting some looks especially with you know jared goff where he likes to throw it uh you know typically shorter <laughs> um amon ross St. brown should excel in that role and i think that role will be good for him at least what we're envisioning for him this year um, if you're trying to move him to the outside, you know, maybe might not be as successful, but um, I, I guess it's just all how you look at it. I, I think he'll have a, a good season, probably a lot better season than maybe other fourth round players will have. But uh, the long-term outlook is that's, that's the only part I'm really kind of questioning. Is, is he a type of receiver that you're going to build around in the future? As I often do on the show, to summarize Logan's point in sound bites, his oppression right now of Amon Ra St. Brown. <laughs> his impression at the end of the year when I again am proven right that this kid's a ball player is going to exceed expectations. <laughs> Those will be the sound bites. And, and by the way, Rod Allen is back in a booth somewhere making sounds like that, which is tremendous. Uh, one of the best announcers of all time. All right, so let's keep this thing moving, man. We still got so much to talk about. So I want to talk about bounce back players or most improved, however you want to talk about it. So, again, I am the hype man. I try to 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 bring the optimistic Kool-Aid takes as well as the entertainment value. So I'll work through these guys, try to pump them up, give some quick, strong takes, and then I'll throw it to you, Logan Lamarandier. So when I talk about bounce back, most improved players, I mean, we spent Wednesday's show talking about go-go gadget arms, Tracy Walker maybe stepping up and making plays on the football. We got this guy. I mean, most of the people of the Kool-Aid cast know him by two letters as well as a soundbite. And his name is A.O. Oh, baby. <laughs> exactly. We got him playing maybe second corner, maybe third, maybe the slot, whatever it may be. Like A.O. could be that guy. We, we got Jelani Tavai. I mean, he's been on Weight Watchers. He's doing keto. I mean, whatever he's up to, he's slimmed up. I don't know if he can find the football, but he looks better in his jersey, so that's at least a point for him. We got this guy named Will Harris. Will Harris has always been a favorite of mine. Leader. Looks good in the uniform, but he can't cover a coffee table. He can't make plays until this year. I could see him taking a real leap forward and surprising a lot of people. Julian Okwara, that's kind of the defensive side of the ball. Before I get to offense, is there any of those guys, or do you want to throw in a wild card defensive player that is Logan Lamarandiers, bounce back or maybe most improved heading into the season? I think you named them all, but right as you're listening, I was like, yep, that was going to be mine. Yeah, that was my <laughs> second option. That was my third option. But yeah, Tracy Walker, Aruarie, Akuda, maybe. So you didn't mention Quentin Dunbar. He had a down season last year, although it was with Seattle. Um, it was not what Seattle was probably expecting after what he did the previous season. So he's a potential candidate for a bounce back player, but I don't know if that meets your qualifications because he technically wasn't a lion last year. Oh no! He, he yeah, like I said, I I want to pick guys that were on the squad. You know, you know who I left off the list, Logan. That's 
Ocho, the middle linebacker, Jamie Collins. Ya boy. <laughs> I left him off the list, but I want to know from you. This guy disappointed me. He got thrown out of football games. I mean, he got ran past by I don't even know who at the running back, tight end, and wide receiver position on crossing routes. And I'm, he missed a bunch of tackles when I would watch these games. I mean, give me the quick Logan take on why Jamie Collins, the elderly Jamie Collins, the guy that's now wearing a single digit but playing inside at linebacker here for the Lions, is going to bounce back. He's going to improve. He's going to be a guy that I will not be whipping on every time when I come on this show that I'm actually going to be praising. Give me that take because I'd love to hear it. (laughs) I think we know what Jamie Collins is at this point. I'm not expecting to bounce back here because it would be very just – you don't think it would happen at this age. So the only reason I could see it happening is just because he's going to be free to run. Uh, and again, that's not his best strength. He's, he's a big linebacker. He can run, but he's not necessarily fast anymore. So I'm not, I wouldn't call Jamie Collins. I'd be surprised if he has something labeled, we could label at the end of the season as a bounce back <laughs> type of year. Well, the the reason I'm saying bounce back is because you've come on the show consistently and say he played well last year. You like him as a player. You you, you don't mind his contract. And I continue to bash on this guy. So, like, I'm saying, why is he going to bounce back to go from what you say is a good football player to what I say is horrible? I can't stand him. You always act like I think he's so good. I just think he's the best linebacker on a horrible group of linebackers. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm turning up the juice here on the Friday show, Logan. We just talked bland straight football Wednesday. I got to get your juices turning. I got to get after you a little bit here on the Friday show. So, like you say, there are some players that could bounce back. They could improve. Some I named, some I left off my list. I think you hit on some good ones. Let, Let me go to offense. I just put a couple names. Again, pretty much focused, like you said, Guys that were here last year that underperformed or were hurt or whatever that might show up. So on offense, I got this guy named Q, Quintez. His last name is Cephas, the only man on the planet named Cephas. Like, this kid, when they took him, I was kind of like, man, I remember watching a lot of Wisconsin games where this kid made plays. He had a little bit off the field. That was obviously cleared up. He was just the darling last year of training camp. Oh, man, nobody can guard Quintez Cephas like this kid. He He's just making plays every day. And then I couldn't tell you what he did. He started the first game, I want to say, and and made a few plays. And then you just did not see him barely at all. And then all of a sudden, mid, late season, he had a deep touchdown. He had a few plays here or there. So Quintez is on my possible list. Logan Stenberg, this guy we took in the fourth round, big nasty guard from Kentucky. This guy didn't sniff the field as a rookie. I didn't even see him on the sideline wearing a baseball hat. I don't know where he was or what he did all year. Hopefully he got better, and I would love to see him play or be at least a legit backup. Hal Vitae, this is a guy you love as well, Logan Lamarandier. He paid him like $10-plus million. <laughs> he tried to play tackle. You had to slide him inside. Everyone's saying, wow. I think I saw an article recently. Oh, Hal Vitae is going to be the uh, force. He's going to be the most improved on the Lions. Well, I hope he's improved because I didn't like what I saw. I felt like he was a turnstile. He was injured. He was very underwhelming in my opinion, but some people are loving him this year, interior player. And then again, without hitting on all the big names, I went with this guy named Hunter Bryant, tight end. I felt like I loved him in the draft process. He didn't get picked. The Lions swooped him up. Like, 
all of a sudden he's hurt for the whole year. When he does play, he made a big old play. And then this season they cut him, and nobody picks him up, and they're able to resign this guy. And the Lions have no depth at tight end. It's TJ Hawkinson, Darren Fells, and then a bunch of crickets. I mean, I, I have that sound bit here somewhere, but I won't play it. So it's like, could Hunter Bryant finally get healthy, get up here, and maybe be a second, third, fourth option at the tight end position? Like, I'd like to see something from him. So those are just a couple names I had. Who, who you got on offense that might be on your brain? So, yeah, Logan Stenberg has really nowhere to go but up. Uh, I mean, they were <laughs> – Evan Brown was even getting snaps over Stenberg. Like, Stenberg, even when the Lions were dealing with injuries, did not play whatsoever. And we always knew he was a project. He had a long ways to go in the passing – pass blocking department just because, well, at Kentucky, he really never had to – he was never in true pass sets and it was such a run-heavy offense that that was pretty much all I did. And he is a mauler, but – uh, I don't know if he will get much playing time unless it, it's again due to injury. And uh, they still have the same offensive line coach this year uh, as they had last year. That was a carryover. So it's like, uh, is he going to, is he just already, you know, on his way out or what's it's, it's a new regime. So I don't really know what to expect from him, but any, anything is better than what we got last year. And then I do think Hal Vitae, you said, I love him, even though I complained about the contract that they gave him like right away, but contract wasn't as bad as it looked just uh basically like a two-year contract so after this year he's pretty easy easily cuttable but by Ty dealing with the injury he had all last year getting moved all around I, I do think he I guess you could put him in that bucket of a bounce back type of player just because I think he could if healthy um you know gets having Sewell next to him probably will help as well I think he could potentially bounce back to at least be a decent guard. And uh, that right side should be, you know, some decent run blockers there with, with Sewell and Vitae. So I, I would put him in the bounce back category as well. And Quintez Cephas, um, yeah, I, I don't really know about it. I feel the same way about similar, I guess, not the same way, about Amon St. Monroe St. Brown, where he was pro-ready player, uh, just well-rounded, but not necessarily great at certain things that will really set him apart. But uh, yeah, I, I would label him more as just probably a breakout player more than bounce back. Cause he didn't, <laughs> he was a rookie last year, fifth round pick, like what expectation is going to be too high for him last year. I, let me help you out with a couple things. I also did say most improved bounce back or most improved <laughs> and second of all you like you ran, you ran down each of my players which i appreciate but the question was more those were some hyped up just uh, quick takes i gave you the question was more who's logan's most improved or bounce back candidate that's what i want to know if you don't agree with mine who you got that's what i want to know <laughs> well, well you took them all you listed like four of the, the players i wanted so any of those guys but if you had to say who will be the biggest bounce back, I would probably say Hal Vitae, just because there's not many other players uh, on the roster that were here last year or that could have a bounce back year. So I think Vitae is the obvious choice there. Oh, my goodness. The the love between Logan and Jamie Collins, Hal Vitae. I mean, these guys oh just continue as it goes on and on. Like, <laughs> do you know what I think about both of those players' chances of ever being good? I mean, you really want to know? Yeah. No chance of that much 
Exactly. Thank you, Vince McMahon. All right. So here's what I want to do. I got one more question in that regard, and then I want to get our great sponsors in here. We're going to do a little talk about reality sports, and we'll throw it to the rest and hit the back half of the show. But I want to know, we're talking bounce backs and improved players. What's your time frame or how? what's your thoughts about like, hey, I'm always a guy who's like, hey, man, this guy, he could be good or man, he was hurt. Like, we'll see what he can do or I'm hopeful that he will do such and such. When do you get to the point where you're like, man, this dude is what he is or the the time has run out like I'm done with this guy? What kind of time frame as well as just what factors do you look for when you're just kind of like this dude ain't bouncing back? He's never going to be improved. He is what he is. Typically, I guess it depends on position a little bit and just situation that a player is in. But typically, it's right around after three years. You know, three years, you can typically tell who's a playmaker or who isn't. Sometimes, you know, I think AO was a perfect example of that his rookie year where he showed flashes, but he had some consistency issues and you could tell he just got lost in coverage sometimes. And I think for the most part last year, we saw a good stretch from him where he was a lot more consistent and yeah, the, the interceptions weren't there, but he still uh, became more consistent. So to me, it's typically three years. I want to say where if if you don't see much after three years, I I think it's pretty much over. And sometimes it's even sooner than that. You know, like Will Harris probably falls in that bucket for me. Jelani Tavai probably falls in that category as well it's like i i think i've seen what i need to see i don't i'm not hoping for much more i am hoping but i I don't expect much more just because i think we know what they are at this point you you know who falls in that bucket for me (laughs) you you really want to know is it jamie collins or (laughs) halapuli body back Oh man, you you just showed off to with a name that even shows more that you love the guy. But like, yes, Jamie Collins, Hal Vitae, they are what they are. They they do what they do, and it's not good enough for me. And and you know what it boils down to me? Like, I'll give a guy a ton of chances. I will be ultra optimistic if they were Honolulu blue and silver. But if I see you out there on the football field where I feel like you're not trying, you're collecting a paycheck, you're fat, slow, lazy, sloppy. That's where I just write you off. Right from the get go, I only need to see X amount of snaps of that type of play, or your your body type, or your technique, or your especially your effort. When I just come on and I've rant and raved here on the show about these people, I have people, like, oh, you can't talk about the players' effort; they're all out there trying. Jamie Collins is not trying about 50% of the time, I'm here to tell you. Hal Vitae, I can't tell if he's trying because there's people either running him over or going around him way too often for my liking. So, yeah, I'm I'm done with those guys. you going to give them three years and then weed them out. If they're not trying or they just look like they just don't care about, don't love football, then I'm moving on, unless they're ultra-talented and uh, maybe I'll give them a little extra time. So, <laughs> Logan, let's let's do this. This is a good front part of the show. Wednesday, we kind of just did a general talk about realitysportsonline.com. I want to, I'm actually going to throw to the commercial break, get our other great sponsors that we might have through the Anchor Podcast app here on the show. And before we do, though, I do just want to say, like, I have been loving fantasy football this offseason. I'm in a ton of great dynasty leagues. So if you love fantasy football, before you hear this ad, I just want to encourage you to go to realitysportsonline.com and check them out. As well as if you're in one or two leagues like Logan or you're in, like, 10 like me, 
you just got to enjoy it. It's about as close as you're going to get to owning your own squad or being a general manager. We all love football. And before you know it, it's going to be like August, September. You're going to be ready and going to be watching all these games anyway. So why not have a bunch of players involved and compete against your buddies, your friends, your coworkers, whatever it may be. So that's my freelance pub up of reality sports as well as fantasy football in general. Let's get our other great sponsors in here. When we come back, I want to talk to Logan about additions and subtractions, who the Lions added on both sides of the football, who they got rid of, how this can impact the team and everything else. So everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now... Most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back. Thank you so much for listening to the sponsors. I want to give Logan quick second before we get rolling tell you all about the great stuff he's up to these days and like you said football's right around the corner so even if he hasn't been as busy as normal it's ramping up for him for myself for everybody football will be here before you know it so logan what are you up to these days with sports illustrated all lions and the other stuff you're doing oh yeah just uh you know hanging in there trying to you know there's plenty of content going on at the site um I've just been recently kind of been breaking down the starters by position. Um, just waiting for, you know, training camp to get here and kind of more things to talk about. But uh, it's just one of those times of year where there's projections and 
just a lot of debate on rankings. I, I feel like that's the big thing this time of year is rankings and everyone gets upset about them. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> no doubt. And there's going to be some big surprises on not only starters, but who makes this Lions roster. But go ahead and throw out that Twitter handle that I always question you on here on the show. It's it's not as difficult as my guy, Joey Christopoulos from the Believe Podcast Network that comes on that thought using his last name as an IG handle was smart. But spell out that Lamarandier so everybody knows where to find you on the old Twitter machine. Yes, so it's at L Lamarandier. And Lamarandier is spelled L-A-M-O-R-A-N-D-I-E-R. But typically, if you just type type in Logan, L-A-M-O, Logan Lamo, it'll pop up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It pops up at the top of the charts. I mean, 20,000 plus followers, great Lions takes, sports, really good guy. I mean, I just always appreciate having you on. I, I rally up sometimes. I mix it up a little bit, but mostly... Uh, we just have fun talking football here on the show. So let's just go ahead and get into it. We'll uh, finish this show strong. I mean, I want to talk about the additions. I'll pump them up a little bit for you. We're talking about additions on the defensive side of the ball. You got Michael Brockers, who I said might be the guy I'm talking about as the standout for the Lions. I really have high hopes for him. You got Dean Marlowe playing the back end, safety from Buffalo. I don't know what the guy's got, but I hope he's got something because we got nothing else in safety. Quentin Dunbar. Another Logan Lamarandier favorite. You may love him. I'm not sure. He sounds like he does. Um, hopefully he can play ball at safety wearing that Uno jersey. got to love it. Corn Elder. I know this is uh, Benny Blade's favorites because he's from the U. Uh, <laughs> and you got Alex Anzalone. Anzalone, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, we'll figure out here shortly. But he's coming from the Saints former player at Florida can run tackle pretty big player if he can stay healthy he might be an intriguing prospect so out of those additions let me know if I if I missed a few I just picked a few names out there and uh, who maybe you're looking at like man that addition might really be fun to watch or help the Lions this year you didn't want to mention like Brian Price or Reggie Gilbert Uh, no, but I uh, I hope everybody they brought in does better than expected because these last years have been tough yeah, no, I, you mentioned Quentin Dunbar. Uh, I do like him. I, when the whole, you know, the whole Washington, when that came to an end and I, I believe he was traded to Seattle. Um, can't really remember right now, but that's what I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to assume happened. I, you know, I was all for the lions going after him and he did, it was not a great 2020 season, but he had a lot going on uh, just personally and with, with COVID and being in a new scheme. So I think uh, he's one player that I really like, but yeah, they, they brought in Michael Brockers is another player. Again, I like uh, a good solid player. Um, but I mean, outside of that, Anzalone, he's, he's, the, I mentioned it about Jamie Collins, you know, he's, he's a good linebacker, <laughs> a decent linebacker. I will say a decent linebacker on just a linebacker room. That's not great. So it's probably the best, option available and he knows the scheme he's familiar so it should be okay but expecting great things nah not not really doing that Oh, everybody. I mean, I love having Logan on the show. He's got strong knowledge, but I mean, he's testing my patience where every question I ask him, he works in a Jamie Collins take. I mean, this is this is on purpose now. I promise you. He's just trying to get me hot. And I, I mean, again, I hate to do callbacks, but you might as well do a throwback on the show. I mean, Jamie Collins, Anzalone, some of our other linebackers. I mean, 
they're not that great. <laughs> Man, I haven't done that in a while. But uh, let, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> I mean, we got Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams. I mean, hopefully he's just as good as he is on Twitter or doing interviews. Then he'll be an all-pro. The guy's an incredible person, super funny. I just hope he can run, catch the football, make plays. You got Tyrell Williams, a receiver I've always liked. Had some injury issues, obviously, but the Lions seem to like him. I think he might get the most opportunities with the Lions playing the outside. We'll see if he makes the most of those. You got Perriman. His pops played here. He's got speed. I don't know what else he's got. I think he could be exciting, and some people have him as the Lions' number one receiver. Or I could see him off the roster before you blink, depending on how he plays here in training camp in the preseason. So those were a couple names I threw out there. I mean, what do you think about offensive additions um, overall? Yeah, I mean, they're all very – outside of Jamal Williams, you got a two-year contract. Everyone else is on a one-year contract. So it's they're all prove-it type of deals. They're all guys that obviously were on the free agent market for a reason. They all have some flaws, but at least they showed something at some point. Tyrell Williams is a guy who, you know, when he's been a number one receiver, he's at least been productive and the injuries have kind of always zapped uh, his production. So I, I really like that signing, especially at the price point they got for him uh, being in an offense where he's going to probably be fed the ball. He's going <laughs> to, the Lions don't have too many other options at receiver. Uh, he, I think he can be good. He just needs to stay healthy. And he's got the size, he's got speed. He's just uh, a guy that, you know, just last year probably would have gotten a lot of bigger contracts uh, if he was on the open market. But he got cut by Las Vegas after they gave him a pretty good contract just a couple years ago. So it's uh, he's the guy I'm looking to where I think he could be a steal of a deal, again, with the caveat being needs to stay healthy. Real quick, one thing I wanted to say about the defense, like – I can't understand why the Lions have not added that safety position. It makes no sense to me. They've known it's thin. They didn't draft anybody. They haven't brought in anybody. I mean, it's just very odd to me. And then one name I left off the offensive side, they brought in old man Darren Fells. And most people know that I love the young, cheap, drafted players. But to me, Darren Fells is a nice little pickup. He's put up some nice numbers the last couple years as he's bounced around. He was good here with the Lions. I mean, for what the Lions had at tight end and the injuries they have at that position, I think Darren Fells could be a sneaky little number two tight end that could know his role and come in here and find the end zone a few times more than you might uh, throughout the season, as well as just be a nice backup, hoping that Hawk is the man and, and is out there making plays all over the field. But I, I don't mind, uh, what, 33, 35, 36-year-old Darren Fells, whatever he is now. He might be even older than that. I don't even know. But uh, he's keep an eye. He's pretty old. Yeah, he's, he's up there, no doubt about it. So keep your eye on him as well. I Do you think they'll make a trade or maybe a quality vet either early in camp, I've been quoted on Twitter of saying I got a rumbling that either the first couple weeks of camp somebody might be brought in or they'll wait till those veterans get cut and scoop up a body or two to kind of excite the fan base and add to that depth. Do you see that happening? I do. I've continuously been surprised. And in a rebuild, you're not going to be able to fill every spot with great players. But safety just seems like are they really expecting Dean Marlowe to be like a starter full time? Or are they thinking Will Harris is going to be going to take a step up and outside of those two and Tracy Walker, you just look at the depth. It's like, there's just not a lot there. CJ Moore has been a special teamer. 
Uh, he does have some nice attributes and you know, size and speed, but uh, it's just, I'm kind of surprised. There's a pretty good free agent safety market out there right now. And I, the Lions have plenty of cap space where they could dip into that. Uh, but maybe they're comfortable with just one player that us <laughs> as fans from a fan perspective aren't. But I, I would hope that they would at least try to sign one of these guys on the open market that's just uh, going to be cheap, good veteran presence, and can, you know, it has starting experience that can really help these younger players out and at the very least, you know, be a serviceable type of starter, you know, probably better than I would imagine Will Harris would be type of deal. No doubt. I I hope I get this name right, but I want to say Mary, who's a loyal Lions fan on Twitter, when I threw out my uh, presumption that they were going to bring in somebody, she said, how about Trey Boston, you know? And for me, it was kind of like, man, he's got the craziest hair in the game. I mean, the longest dreads of all time, and he can make plays. I mean, plays a position of need. So there are a couple sneaky guys out there where I would love to see the Lions add a guy that's really good at football more so than a name at this point. And I think Trey Boston was interesting to me uh, if he's still out there and they think he could fit. But um, definitely there's some current free agents, like you said, as well as I know there's going to be some real interesting names that will get cut both for cap casualties or just guys that are hurt or maybe just didn't play as well as they thought. And I think the Lions could better their roster if they look into some of those. So speaking of subtractions, let's go ahead and look at who's not on the Lions anymore. And it's a guy named Jared Davis. I mean, highly drafted. Everybody was ready for him to head out of town, yet he does have his supporters, which was also me on the show for a long time, thinking that his size athleticism would would win out. And I believe Logan Lamarandier felt the same about Jared Davis, hoping that he could put it together. He's now with the New York Jets. We also had Danny Shelton, big body, seemed to fit the old scheme. He was here for a cup of coffee. He gone. Uh, Deron Harmond, who I compared to Golden or uh, Glover Quinn, kind of before last year got going. And then after his first interception, he was not like Glover Quinn and did not play very well, in my opinion. Um, You also got Christian Jones, big plotting linebacker that made a few plays but was not good enough, as well as who was the uh, cornerback from the Falcons? His name is escaping me right now. Who was that that we had? Desmond Trufant. Desmond Trufant came in, made a couple plays, had a hamstring for what, 80% of the season, never lived up. I think they paid him $10 million bucks. I mean, any of those defensive players you're sad to see? Uh, are you Were you happy to see them FedExed out of town? What do you think? I think, yeah, I all were <laughs> the right time to probably go. Jared Davis was the one player who I was interested to see how he'd do in this scheme, and I was more than willing to to give Davis a one-year deal, you know, as a younger player and, you know, just to see in a run and chase style of defense, which uh, I think what he'd be best at, what he could do. But uh, I believe the Jets paid him $7 million almost on a one-year contract, which way too rich for my blood. And I understand why the Lions didn't go after him because, you know, Campbell talks Davis up quite a bit uh, before, before free agency. And I totally understand I'm not signing him for $7 million for one year. I was comfortable giving him kind of like that prove it deal, but the Jets gave him more than a prove it deal. They actually gave him a legit contract and yes, it's a one-year deal. So it is technically, you know, kind of a prove it deal per se, but uh, he was the one guy I was like, man, we can have him for cheap. 
maybe he wouldn't be labeled a bust anymore in the right defensive system. Absolutely crazy that Jared Davis got to visit, as Benny Blades would say, the pay window. Going to the pay window. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how he <laughs> went to the pay window and got paid so much, but I mean, he, here's the thing that makes me laugh. I mean, here's the thing that I find funny here on the show, and that's the love from Logan Lamarandier of Jamie Collins. How Vitae. Now add Jared Davis to the mix. I mean, this is hilarious to me. Everybody's in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I mean, to me, all those guys had to go. Money purposes, I mean, didn't play on the field, didn't fit the new regime. Let, let's, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. And let's start with this guy who just, I mean... Some people will say it was surprising. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that he had to go. (laughs) I was actually happy that he got booted. And this was a guy that early in his career I was so dang high on. But then what happened? He didn't seem to love football. He was hurt all the time. He was sitting there playing, talking about video games all day. I was done with the guy, so he gone. We also lost Kenny Galladay on offense. I don't know how he... Got eighteen million dollars at the pay window. Going to the pay window. <laughs> Galladay is loving that visit every two weeks. I mean, you got Marvin Jones who's down there with the Jaguars. He got paid as well. I'm curious to see what he'll do. Obviously, both fan favorites, Galladay and Jones Jr. here in Detroit. But it's nice to turn over a new leaf at the wide receiver position. And then you got this guy. That's I mean, this guy was was heading to the pay window with a ski mask. Mask and something under his shirt. I mean, let me tell you. Going to the pay one. And that's the outlaw, Jesse James. I mean, one of the worst contracts in NFL history, one of the worst football players in NFL history, an absolute just. I mean, this guy's a pay, he was a paperweight here in Detroit. He was just so bad and worthless. I mean, he's gone as well. Did I miss anybody on offense? Are you as happy as I am that? Two of those guys are gone, and knowing that we're probably going to figure it out at wide receiver, so you're not as worried about the other two that we love so much here. Yeah, I think Matthew Stafford's gone too, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> did anyone, I, I, did anyone hear about this? I forgot about this guy. I mean, I used to use the drop on the show, but he gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be going to be a lot of ums out there in uh, L.A. So yes, I did leave him yeah. off the list. A uh, little oversight on my part. I figured I just everyone knows it didn't even need to be said. I just thought I'd give you a hard time like you always do to me. But um, additions, Jared Goff. I left him off. I left Jared Goff off the additions. Oh, my goodness, man. I'm slipping today. But, yeah, I totally forgot about the QB (laughs) position, the most important position in sports. So go ahead. Yeah, but again, all those players, I Kenny Galladay at that price point, I was fine letting him walk. You know, we just need him to stay healthy and have a good year to get the maximum comp pick because uh, I'm more than good with a third round pick in return for him at that, you know, just 18 million a year is just a lot of money for a guy who you know, didn't really separate all that well. And yes, he'd make these amazing catches uh, just all the time. It felt like he was just making contested catch after contested catch, but you can also get receivers who actually can get open and make it look a lot easier than he did. Uh, for a fraction of the cost so I'm I'm fine with that and yeah really all those (laughs) Jesse James yeah 
you you mentioned him said he was the worst contract ever yeah it was it was probably pretty close to that it was pretty bad <laughs> um but yeah really i i've really been happy with just the direction that uh, brad holmes has been going the players he's let walk or either released you know they've all made a lot of sense and carry on johnson i know that was a debate i i'm fine with him uh the lions cutting him at the same time i the timing was a little odd just as like well why why would you cut him now like why wouldn't you just at least bring him into training camp but again uh i don't think it was any big loss uh, as a pass blocking specialist at this point in his career <laughs> logan we're, we're finishing out the show here but I, i'm going to do a quick uh side game show here for the people and that's things that logan lamarandier loves can can you show me comp picks? Is that on the board? <laughs> can I get NFL draft athleticism, please? <laughs> Survey says show me Jamie Collins. <laughs> and for the big money, can I put up Hal Vitae for things that Logan Lamer and Deer loves? <laughs> Oh man, that that's the board right there on the family feud. So there you go, everybody. He loves he loves those four oh. things. Plus his family, his child, footballs, his job, all the other things that you would expect. But but those were the top four things. Athleticism comp picks, Ocho at linebacker, and Halvita. All right, so I got just a couple quick questions. We're gonna end this. Do you see a shocking cut coming in training camp? We just talked about subtractions. You see somebody getting booted that would just shock the people. It typically happens, and it's a shock for a reason because you wouldn't expect it. But you know, Rashad Perriman, you actually called that one out earlier. I was like, yeah, I could could see that because he's been so hot and cold, and he's kind of like a one trick pony type of receiver. And if say guys like Victor Bolden or uh, you know Khalif Raymond, Quintess Cephas looks good, Amon Ross St. Brown is doing what he needs to do. Like you know, it gets kind of it all comes down to how many receivers they want to keep, but I don't think Perriman it's a, it's a little con one year contract he's on. It's not like they're tied to him in any way. And we've seen what he can do, especially the Lions saw firsthand when he was in Tampa. Uh, He's had some nice games in his career, but it's been the consistency. He's had some issues with drops. Uh, So I I think that would be this, my surprise cut and, on the defensive side of the ball, I don't think Jelani Tavai would be any su- big surprise. Um, who else would be on the defensive side of the ball? I can't really think of anyone else, but those would be my two uh, that would be, I guess you can label them surprises. Right back to the family feud. Things that Logan Lamarandier <laughs> hates. Show me Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so you know, I I'd be, I think there's going to be, as you said, there's going to be a shocking name. I don't know. I've heard Deshaun Hand thrown out there. I don't see that happening. Yeah. You know, Austin Bryant is one of my guys where I like what he's shown when he's been in there, which has been very limited. I hope that he stays on the roster. They kept Nick Williams at about a five, six million dollar number. I mean, unless he plays really well, I wouldn't mind seeing him get the boot if it helped them salary cap wise or if they found a better option. But 
somebody's going to get booted and like say it could be those wide receivers or or somebody on the defensive side of the ball would be my my bet if I had to throw it out there let let me let me say what's your feeling overall on the roster in general as we head into training camp you feel good you 50 50 you feel still like it's light and it's going to be hard to uh, compete at certain positions where, where you at overall uh, I mean, comparing to the rest of the NFL, yeah, it's, it's not great in my opinion. Uh, there's some talent that's there, but there needs to be some developing. There's young players, but it, it just all goes back to, you know, looking at the receiver group, the quarterback with Jared Goff. I mean, that, that's, it's a passing league and those are pretty big positions. That's why the running game is going to be so important and it's going to be tough to really run the ball if, team to score points on you and it's just you look at the high end you know just elite players and outside of Frank Ragnow I I mean I think he's truly elite and I think he's probably the tr- only truly elite player uh, the definition of elite in my book in the uh, on the Lions roster <laughs> TJ Hawkinson's knocking on the door but I don't think he's in the same tier as as Kelsey or Kittle or, you know, even Waller, um, he's not quite there yet. And year three is typically the year that you see a big jump from tight ends because that's a really tough position. You're just, you have to do a little bit of everything. Uh, and he's going to get fed the ball a lot too. So he could be- definitely get into that category, but it's just, you look at all the best teams and they have, you know, it seems like they have an elite player at, you know, just a few on each side of the ball and, you know, at every level. And the Lions just don't have that right now. And, you have to have difference makers and I think the lions are lacking, but there's a lot of players who could take that next step and have a nice, you know, nice progression, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to, you know, control a game or have game plans from opponents, you know, just schemed around certain players. I don't, I don't really see that type of player on the lions roster. Let's go back to the family feud, everybody, about Logan's favorite beverages. Show me Detroit Kool-Aid. <laughs> we got to get you a bigger glass, my friend, because you're just not – that is not the number one answer right now based on that reply. So let me let me do this to end the show. I mean, I, Derek Oakry, at Derek Oakry on Twitter, is still and will always be drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid heading into the season. This season is here – I am hyped for it. I'm real hyped to see this new team, new coaching staff, new players, new quarterback, new offensive line, new skill players, new defense. I mean, I think this team's going to be fun to watch. I'm not sure how many W's that fun to watch is going to get me, but the Detroit Kool-Aid is flowing from me, all of the people out there that listen to this great podcast and drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. And all the great Lions fans from coast to coast. So Logan Lamarandier, I mean, I just want to serve it up for you so that you can join the club. I mean, we need you to drink it in. Drink it in. Uh... <laughs> we need to get you on board with this Lions team, this roster, these players. Drink it in. Uh... Side of cornbread. cornbread. Maybe a double. Cornbread. Are you with me? Yeah, just give me past the Kool-Aid. I, I apparently I need it. I I mean, somehow we've progressed along through the summer, and the Lions roster has gotten better. <laughs> like every week, the Lions roster is getting exactly. better. Exactly. Players. 
<laughs> That's what happens, man. Camp is ready to open up. I've told everybody, get your butt down there, support the team, enjoy outdoors at training camp. Um, you know, if, you, if you're not a season ticket holder and you want to just get to a game to see the stadium and support the team, go to a preseason game. And I know I'm going to be there with about 65,000 of my best friends uh, opening day against San Francisco, and I can't wait for it. So, Logan, as excited as I am about the home opener, it's been great having you on the show Wednesday and Friday this week, man. I really appreciate your your knowledge, the fun we got to have here on the Friday show, some great football talk on Wednesday. Um, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. You know it. Anytime. Um, look forward to it next month as well. Absolutely. Football will be here. Everybody go support what Logan's doing at Sports Illustrated All Lions, as well as give him that follow on Twitter. He's only at 20 or 30 plus thousand. He needs more people. He's putting out great stuff. And we just love talking football, fantasy football here on the show with our tweets and just uh, with the fans. So everybody, thank you so much. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Hope everybody has a great, safe weekend. And we'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back, start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in. <laughs>